Jerome Spann. Of course, I'm here to tell you about our sponsor today. And our sponsor is, of course, and will forever be longstanding. Hey, mind, mind you, he don't give me no money, but this is my man's. I got to hold him down. It is Swopes Athletic Recruiting and Scouting. Yes, sir, ladies and gentlemen, Swopes is out here trying to change lives. He's trying to help get these young athletes into college each and every week. Every day he dedicates a lot of time to this. This man has a serious, serious passion for helping others further their education and further their lives in a lot of great ways. They are on Facebook. Make sure you look up Swopes Athletic Recruiting and Scouting. Swopes is spelled S-W-O-P-E-S. It is ran by Mr. Nathaniel Swopes Jr. He is the man in Houston, if y'all don't know. Yes, make sure you go check him out if you're trying to get your kid into school, hell or hell. If you're even a kid here that's thinking about going into school and you want to try and keep playing, keep your athletic career going, make sure you go check out Swope's Athletic Recruiting and Scouting. He is the man that is going to help you keep that dream going. So make sure you follow them on Facebook and you can get right a hold of Mr. Swope's there. He will help you get into college and keep your dream going for continuing to play your sports. So again, people, Swope's Athletic Recruiting and Scouting. Check it out now. Help change some kid around you that you know's future, or hell, even your future. Yeah, yeah, Enigma in the house. My man J Span, Titan Studios. It's called From the Heart. Keeping it real is what all the song's about. Never selling your soul. Always staying true to yourself. All right, ah, uh, yeah. Check it out. Money, money, cars, but we'll never get you far unless you're gonna spit it from the heart. Yeah, money, money, cars, but we'll never get you far unless you're gonna spit it from the start. Man, money, money, cars, but we'll never get you far unless you're gonna spit it from the heart. Yeah, money. And welcome back to your favorite weekly sports show. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it is ITC Sports Ball. And I am your man, Jerome's fan. And of course, I've got that sports ball crew with me we've got that hot take spitter the man who rips like dylan spits he is the modern day ali on the microphone when he steps into your home all your ladies is gone he is that man you know it's your boy mace always ready to go let's get it and of course we've got itc's resident troll he is that dude that sees a fire and he's like, I got this gasoline and gunpowder. What's happening? If you let him into your brain, he will drive you insane. He is that man, Daryl. Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> no energy? Just no energy? After weeks of energy, now it's no energy. They doing my boy wrong right now, but I got eat it. That's all I gotta say. How they doing him wrong? They keep on denying the the good old belt for him. I want to see theory. I want to see L.A. Knight. I ain't gonna see that. I'm gonna see L.A. Knight destroying Hit Row over and over again. That's what I'm gonna see. I don't know what to tell you, bro. He'll get his time as long as he keep being hot. He'll get his time. We know how this works. Um, and he kind of fits what Vince McMahon generally likes in aesthetics as far as a wrestler goes. So 
should be able to shine here. But not to get us off track here, talking about WWE and L and his dude L A Knight. Yeah, we got to talk about. <laughs> see, there we go. There, see, there's some of that energy. We got to talk about the Bud Crawford and Errol Spence fight that will be going on tonight. And gentlemen, this is one of the bigger fights we've seen in a while. This is now Bud Crawford going for his second undisputed championship in another weight class. So might as well start with our guy, Daryl Hill, because I know Daryl's feeling himself. I know he'd be like, ah, yeah, I am the clairvoyant when it comes to these fight predictions. At least that's what he thinks in his mind. The results may say different, but you know, I ain't saying nothing. Uh, so Daryl, who you got in tonight's fight? We got Bud. We're gonna pick Bud. We always gonna pick Bud. We ain't stupid. That's all I'm gonna say. You think I'm gonna pick Spence? Come on, man. That's crazy. That's wild. That's some that's some new age betting right there. Hey, look, hey, man. Errol Spence is the favorite in this fight. Sure. I'm making money tonight. <laughs> hey, I was going to say the same thing. Sounds like I'm getting some leafy green spending money checks. Hey, and Errol could be the, the, uh, the favorite all he wants, Mace. But guess what? Here's one thing that I know, plain out and simple. Bud Crawford is one of the greatest fighters I have ever seen fight in a boxing ring. Period. I'm talking about period, no matter weight, class, nothing. He in, He's in that discussion of being a transcendent type of dude like a Tyson Fury is, right? He's in that type of category as far as the modern boxers, where it's like, hey, it's him and then the other dudes. And I ain't trying to disrespect Errol Spence because I actually think Errol Spence is a great fighter. Uh, I think he is proven over and over and over that he is a very quality fighter. I mean, even after the car accident where nobody thought he was going to be the same again because of what happened with his eye, he still came out and he's still been a great fighter, been able to defend his title and prove that he's still a very high-level fighter. But, man, Bud Crawford is just that dude, man. Like, when it comes to those weight classes, that's that man right there. Hey, in the words of Mark Jackson, mama, there goes that man. I'm going to put it to you like this. Bud Crawford seems like the nicer person of the two. Usually when nice people are good at fighting, they have a little, they got a little something wrong with them up here. And I'm taking the, I'm taking the person who I feel like is a little bit more unhinged of the two. It's Bud. There's no way you can be that nice and then that violent all in the same, all in the same person. He's a little unhinged. <laughs> that at the end of the day, Bud. I mean, he he's a smaller person in in almost all of his fights, and he's got stone hands. I think the thing that I love about watching him the most is he's that dude that when he when he sees he hurts you with a shot, that killer come in like that just pure killer like. Like hey. I said, he's unhinged. There's no way you can be that nice <laughs> of a person. But yet that violent for what an hour? Basically, yeah. Yeah, basically. Uh, so it sounds like the whole show is picking Bud Crawford, if I'm not mistaken here. Mace, I believe your pick is gonna be Bud too, then, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's unhinged. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry to tell y'all, dog. Like when nice people do violent stuff, they're unhinged. This this that's not normal. Caroline, what you gonna say, Daryl? What you gonna say? What? What you go ahead? Come on, man. What you gonna say? Go ahead, bro. Like Aaron Hernandez, huh? Oh no! <laughs> Listen, bro. We a hey, when 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 uh that documentary come out, we gonna we gonna we gonna see whether or not. But he, yeah, he he is probably a little unhinged when we don't know yet. What you mean when the documentary come out? Netflix already did that documentary about Aaron Hannah and Dez. We know he unhinged. What no, we're talking, we we're doing the, was the, they're doing the one for the, on the Gators. Yeah, yeah, hey, listen, but I'm saying, if you're talking specifically about oh, Hernandez, yeah, 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 we yeah. already know that motherfucker's batshit crazy, okay? Yeah, we, yeah. we know what it is. <laughs> that Netflix showed us, okay? Listen, bro, he was he's living not... a double life in a lot of ways. <laughs> <laughs> he just couldn't keep it together like Schmarvin Schmerson. <laughs> who who you talking about? I don't know who you talking about. Who you talking about? I don't say his name. It's dangerous. <laughs> These niggas is real. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, I think it should end up being a great, a great fight. I don't think that Bud's gonna knock him out. I think Errol Spence has a little bit more to him than that. He's not an easy guy to knock out. Um, so I think it should end up being a great fight. We should enjoy it. Everybody, if you're not planning on watching it, you better watch it. Uh, by the time you be listening to this, because it posts on a Sunday, if you didn't watch it, you better take it on YouTube and go YouTube it real quick, because I'm telling you, you're about to see a massive performance of boxing tonight by both of these gentlemen. So should be a fun card. But got to keep the train rolling here. And we have to talk about a few things here before we go fully, fully into our division breakdown here that we're doing the North divisions today, but got to talk about it. Saquon Barkley signed a deal Mace this week, the one year contract that gave him basically booty butt cheeks. As far as what his like bigger value is on the contract, the potential money that he can make. We've seen what's been going on with how teams want to pay running backs. Now we've seen the latest example of what's happened here. Saquon is stuck with this one year deal with 11 million, but We've seen that the Giants are clearly willing to pay people because in this offseason alone, they've paid Dexter Lawrence. Um, I forget the offensive Andrew line. Tom, both name. of their tackles. Andrew, Andrew Thomas got paid and Daniel Jones all got paid this offseason. Now, mind you, if you start looking at the Daniel Jones contract a little bit, it's kind of a lot like that Blaine Gabbert uh, contract that got signed when he was on Jacksonville, where it's like, eh, we'll pay you. But nigga, you gotta prove it again this year first. Because <laughs> if you don't prove it again this year, you about to paint. So, all that being said, we've seen that a lot of these teams they have the money, right? They're just not willing to invest it on these top end guys. Do you feel like this is a overall mistake by some of these teams, especially a team like the Giants, where, if we're being honest, I don't think everybody sold on Daniel Jones at this point. It's a mistake by some teams. But I'm going to play devil's advocate here and tell you why, like, running backs usually hit the NFL running. Like, they, there is no, like, transitional period between them, like, figuring it out. Lately, running backs have been coming into the league ready to go day one. Um, 
you can essentially control a guy for five years, maybe six, depending on what what where you draft him at, on a very low end contract, and replace him with somebody else who's ready to go. From a business standpoint, it makes sense, but from what these guys are bringing to the team, it's ridiculous to say that a Saquon Barkley, a Josh Jacobs, they don't deserve their money. Yeah, it's it's patently absurd to me. Now, look, I can understand where a bad team who only has a running back says, we ain't, we're not going to invest that much money into you. I can understand that because maybe that's not part of your process. You're trying to find you a quarterback. You're trying to really – maybe you're trying to tear the roster down, whatever it is, right? But for the teams that are good and that have a chance to compete, it makes no sense to me to not pay these running backs. None. Zero percent sense. And I'm going to name you three quick reasons why. Number one, most importantly, the cap goes up basically every mother effing year. The cap is going up, which means you got more money to spend. Most of these teams don't even spend all the way up to the salary cap anyway. Okay? So there's that. Number two. Every team of the last six Super Bowl champions but one had a reliable, consistent running game and a running back that could do things for them that gave that they may not have been the top end, but they were still a plus over the average at the position. Okay. The only team that had that won one without really having a running game was Pat's first one. Patty's first one, it was look, them boys was out there chucking that ball around everywhere they wasn't running they was like hey you know what we're doing it's first down second down third down we pass it you know what time it is so they're the only team that has done this without having a guy that you know can give them some quality yards i mean let's look at the bucks with tom brady right why do you think that went crazy in the playoffs like why do you think he's called lombardi lenny he didn't get that for being good in the regular season my man had one crazy playoff run to get Tom his last Super Bowl. So when you have someone who's plus, you need to pay them. And number three, this is one of the most important things. You set a terrible precedent for what your players believe they're going to be treated like when it comes contract negotiation time for positions that you may feel are more important to your roster. Because them dudes are then going to be like, wait a minute, I saw how you did. Let, let's just stay with the Giants, right? I know some of these dudes are going to turn around and say, wait a minute, hold oh, on. Oh. You get Jack Jones, Lawrence, Thomas, all that money. But Saquon, who was out there carrying us on offense for season after season, nah, hey, nah, we can't give you your money. That's a bad <laughs> precedent. That's, that's a very bad precedent, especially when you're just supposed to be a team that's a, um, you know, a lot of people want to hype the Giants to be a playoff team again this year, right? You're going to be that. You need Saquon. Saquon is why your whole offense worked last year. We had this discussion mixed with, with our boy that's a Giants fan, right? Shout out to you, JT. But let me tell you something. Y'all niggas know doggone well that wide receiver core you have is boo-boo. Boo-boo. So if you ain't got Saquon, the whole thing doesn't work. And don't tell, don't get to telling me about Darren Waller. I don't hear nothing about him. Nothing. <laughs> he can't even stay on the field. Okay? You got to be on the... What, Mace, what is the greatest skill that you can have? Availability. Is the Thank best you. Ability. And 
and that nigga ain't got it. So don't talk to me about no Darren Waller. It's that simple. But I think this is going to come back to bite the Giants in the long-term mace because this only makes your negotiations with Saquon harder in the future. And unless you are planning on trading him after this season or trading him at some point during this season, it makes no sense to me what you're doing. It, it, you're cutting off your nose despite your face. Pretty much, yeah. They, they're following a trend instead of instead of following what the tape says. And the tape right now says that Saquon, regardless of position, is a plus player for that roster. Like he, he's the game breaker. He's the top receiver, the top. I mean, whatever you want to call it, Saquon with the ball in his hands is the only true threat on that offense. He's what makes the whole offense work, plain out and simple. <laughs> Just plain out and simple. And I'm consistent with this, people, because I know some of y'all are going to say, oh, well, you're talking about a plus running back. What about David Montgomery? David Montgomery is barely a plus running back just because of what he does after contact. His actual physical skills do not make him a plus running back because he's too damn slow. A guy like – now, if he had Saquon Barkley speed, I would have been saying all offseason the Bears need to re-sign David Montgomery. I would have been like, hey, hey, we need to give him the bag, Okay. But he ain't got no speed. He gets hawked down from behind. When Saquon gone, he ain't getting hawked from behind. No. Those guys like that, the McCaffreys, the Jacobs, the Henrys of the world, the Chubbs, you got to pay those guys because they give you so much value, so much value. But, I, you know, base. Maybe that's just the old. Maybe that's the old school guys in us that have common sense, and everybody wants to do this no newfangled. Oh, we just pants it all the time. Yeah, no, so, you can't. But before we get off of this, just to give y'all an idea, like for instance, Nick Chubb. Everybody, a lot of teams are are gun heavy, pass heavy. Nick Chubb averages almost five yards a carry off of gun formation run plays, like all the inside zones, outside zones, the little traps you can do in in. Almost five yards a carry out of the gun formation. Like, which when you break it down, you know what that means. That means you usually are getting big runs from Nick Chun out the Chubb out of the gun. You're either getting a really big run or somebody missed a block, and he didn't get to get the other. That's what you get. That's what I'm saying. With guys like that, you gotta pay them, man. They give you too much value, and if you actually have a real quarterback to play with them, whoo. Oh my god. Outrageous. Outrageous. But gotta get going into these North Division picks here. Um and well, actually, you know what? Let's start here. Last week we gave you the East Divisions. Now we're gonna give you the East Division X Factors. So Mace, we will start with the AFC East. Who you want to start with, Mace? Which team you want to go with? We'll first? start with the Bills. We'll start with the Bills. All right, May. So who you got as the Bills X Factor? And for those that don't remember, when we did this last year, we explained to you at that time that the X Factor means, hey, if this guy's having a good season, that means they're having a great season and that they are probably a team that's at least competing for the playoffs, if not going to compete for a championship this year. So, Mace, who's the guy for the Buffalo Bills? Um, Oddly enough, I'm going to have to go running back here. I'm going to have to go Damian Harris. Um, it's the one glaring hole on that offense is that they they have nobody to hand the ball off to. So 
when when the game's on the like in tough situations, you know Josh Allen is probably gonna try to run the ball, but you can't always have that. It's gonna eventually come back to bite him. Like I don't care how big you say your quarterback is, somebody gonna catch him. So I mean Yards, yards, touchdowns, whatever. If, if Damian Harris can give them a consistent like four point two yards a carry, I, I, that offense will. Diggs and and Gabe Davis will see an entirely new level of coverage if Damian Harris can just simply give them about four point two. He might not. Who knows how many carries he'll get? But if he can consistently give you some plus yardage. They'll be just fine. I can't really say anything else. Uh, I think you actually covered it all. <laughs> We're both on the same page here. It's Damian Harris. We talked about this last year. This is part of the reason I have called this team frauds, because when it comes time to get the hard yards, the only thing that they can depend on on the ground is Josh Allen. That offensive line doesn't consistently block well. They haven't had a running back that really does anything great. So I think it all comes down to Damian Harris. You are right. That offensive line is not a great run-blocking offensive line. They do pretty damn good in pass protection, right? But they stink at run-blocking. If Damian Harris can have a great season, the Bills have a chance to actually make it out of the AFC and finally stop being the frauds that they have been for the past two, three years, okay? So we'll see here. We'll keep it moving here. So who who you want to go to next, Mace? Um... We'll go to the Jets. We'll go. All right. So we're going to the J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Who you got as their expected player, Mason? I have um, Dwayne Brown. Um, That offensive line has to stay healthy. Um, I mean, we we know Mekhi Becton, he's going to – if he can stay healthy – Left side's locked down. They're good. Um, they got to keep Aaron Rodgers uh, on his feet, man. Plain and simple. Um, Dwayne Brown is going to have a, a, a very large impact on that. And um, if they've got the weapons, but if they if, if Aaron Rodgers is running for his life out there, then that, it means absolutely nothing. Yep, and I 100% agree with you. Um, for me, it's it's Becton, 100% all day, every day. Uh, um, I look, I understand where other people may go, Aaron Rodgers or something like that, you know. But for me, this is a very, very simple one. And Mace, you made the most pertinent point of them all. Aaron Rodgers does not have it anymore to be out there running for his life all the time. You cannot have him doing that. So if he does that. That means the Jets are in trouble. That means their season is probably going to crap because Aaron Rodgers is constantly under pressure. Okay, so we'll see what happens, right? Um, I'm sure other people would like to say, oh, wouldn't you say Garrett Wilson or something? No, no, not this year. It's the offensive line, and it is 100% Beckton because if you cannot block up that left tackle position, Aaron Rodgers is doomed. He's doomed. Um, so we'll see what happens. And just to remind everybody of our picks last year, I'm, I'm sorry, I totally forgot to bring this up. So last year, the uh, Mace picked Devin Singletary for the Bills. <laughs> You're staying pretty consistent. Mace is staying with the right back. <laughs> I and picked uh, Gregory Rousseau. 
So uh, he he proved his worth last year. He he proved oh, yeah, like he without without Vine, he was still playing really really good. So I think both of us were actually right on that. I, I think it played out that Devin Singletary didn't have a great season, right? So their running game was crap again. And then Rasal had a great season for him and gave them a little bit of pass rush when they lost Von Miller, right? So then that plays out pretty good for us. So Mace, where do you want to go next? Um, we'll go down to old Miami. All right, Miami Dolphins, the team outside of the Jets that I think most people are most interested in in this division. Um, so Mace, who do you got being the guy for them? I think I'm I think I'm pretty consistent here uh with the trenches. So I gotta say uh Connor Williams has to have another potential Pro Bowl season at the guard spot because um who was eggs are scrambled, nobody wants to say it, so I'm gonna say it. Um <laughs> if if we know he's he's good enough a scrambler to get away from the outside pressure, but he's got nothing in his toolkit to handle pressure in his face. So um, if if that guard center guard combination isn't right, uh, they're in a world of trouble. And um, I think it starts with Connor Williams. I'm pretty sure he'll be their starting left guard again, or he might switch over to the right side and he plays both similar. But I think he um, is the key to making sure Tua has a clean pocket to step up into. It's a very great analysis, I would say for sure. That is an important thing. But for me, I know this is going to sound simple. It's Tua, man. <laughs> like, it, it's Tua. Because look, man, at some point, those guys are going to miss their blocks. He has to stay healthy and have a great season. Last year before he got hurt, he was on an MVP projection. After he got hurt, that team was struggling to win games. It's just too simple for me. I, I know some people might view it and be like, hey, that's kind of a cop-out. I don't know. I. It's just how I feel. I feel like, hey, if Tua is not healthy, it's over with. Now, for context, people, last year, Mace chose Tua, which played out to be 100% correct. <laughs> I chose Chase Edmonds. And you know why I chose Chase Edmonds, which I ended up being correct too. They didn't have no damn running game to speak of. Their running game was trash. And that's part of the reason why when Tua went out, everything just went to crap because all they could do was throw the ball. And that's cool, Mike McDaniels, but you better figure out how to run the ball this year. Because uh, like Mason said, Tua's eggs is already scrambled. We ain't trying to make more scrambled eggs out here. Daryl, do you think that Dua actually, Dua actually has a chance of staying healthy over the course of this season, like playing the majority of the games? Not saying he's going to play them all, but the majority. Possibility, yeah. That's what But I in your heart, if you had to, if you had to bet right now, one way or another, what do you say? Is he staying over healthy under fifteen games? Yeah, there we go. Over under fifteen. Over. Wow. Okay. Okay. All right. Hey, look. I know he's been out there doing uh, judo training, trying to work on him falling and being able to take his falls, but I don't know if that's going to help you because uh, <laughs> the big 300-pound mammoth is still coming to drop you on your nugget. I guess we'll see, right? We'll see. We'll see. 
But now we move on to Daryl's team. And I, now I see why Mace did this. I didn't, even, I didn't even think about it till now. We move on to Daryl's team, the New England Patriots. Mace, we know they're coming off a very um, rough season, especially for a Bill Belichick coach team, right? Who's the X Factor for this team this year? First off, they got to figure out how to make their 12 and 22 or or whatever two tight end personnel work. Because the only pass catches they got on that roster are the tight ends. You can't even name your receiver on that roster. It's Hunter Henry, Mike Gusecki. They got to figure out how to be excellent with both of them on the field at the same time. I, I, I mean, there, there's no other way to put it. They have to be great with two tight ends on the field. Because I don't even – who is their receivers? Oh, I, look, I can name you one. And it's the only one that I can name. I'm telling you right now. Jacoby Myers. That's it. Is he on the Outside roster? of that, Mace. Yeah, he's still on the roster. Yeah, he's still on the roster. Yeah. So outside of that, you're right. It's the tight ends, baby. That's it. I think it's Hunter Henry, though. Of the two, I think he's the more dynamic with the ball in his hand. Um, Gesicki's probably he, – he gives me that Jason Witten vibe. Like, he's going to get open, but he ain't got nothing else after that. Uh, we, but you're going to have to get some – you're going to have to get some yak out of those tight ends. And Hunter Henry still's got a he's got a little bit more athleticism to his game. I think he's could he he's the more like intermediate 10 to 20 yard guy over the middle, outside, stuff like that. So <clears throat> I think um this offense goes as he and Gesicki uh go. Um, like I said, more importantly, Henry in my opinion. So yeah, it's gotta be Hunter Henry. Yeah, I, I am not mad at that pick at all. Um, but for me, again, this this is another one that's very easy. Mac Jones. Look, it, it was very easy for us to – and easy for a lot of people. Not us so much. We talked about how garbage he was, right? But it was easy for a lot of people to dismiss the performance of Mac Jones last year because of Dirty Sox Patricia, right? Because – I don't think anybody that knows anything about football has any respect for Dirty Socks Patricia as a coach. Like he's proven that he ain't he ain't it. Okay, plain out and simple. I think the offense will be better this year with Bill O'Brien. But again, I have questions on how good Mac Jones is because if he was really that dude, there would have never been Zap Mania last year. Never would have happened because it would have just been it would have been truly in everybody's mind. That, hey, we already got a guy, but now we know we have a backup too, right? They would have been treating him, they would have treated Zach more like Brian Hoyer was when, when they had Tom Brady, where it was like, oh, yeah, we know if Brian comes in, we'll be okay. We don't need him in for a bunch of games. Then it's a problem. But, hey, three, four games, we might be okay, right? That's what it should have been. Instead, you had legitimately, legitimately people asking, is Zap a better quarterback than Mac Jones? If you are asking if Zap is a better quarterback than Mac Jones, Mac Jones is not your quarterback. 
I don't know how else to put it, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Daryl, who do you feel? Do you, do you feel like Mac Jones is the dude for y'all or what? Played the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> I respect the answer. I respect that. <laughs> Oh God! I put it to you like this: um, I personally, personally believe the Patriots will be in the Marvin Harrison Jr. sweepstakes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure whoever his father is will be really, really proud. I, I don't know yeah, who his father that is. guy. Yeah, whoever that guy is, we we don't know him, but he's got I, some I heard good he genes. Was a Hall of Fame receiver, but yeah. I, I just don't know who he is. I, I don't he's know got some, else besides whoever his dad is. That. Got some great genes. Like he he he'd have to be athletically excellent all i know is that his dad was a hall of fame wide receiver anything else i don't know nothing nothing not a thing you know nothing nothing at all <laughs> but gotta keep it moving here to the nfc east so we will start at the top with the team that won the division last year and the Philadelphia Eagles. So just to remind everybody, last year Mace picked Hassan Reddick, which ended up playing out to be very, very true because that defense went crazy, had a great year, and he was a big, big part of that. I ended up picking Miles Sanders. I picked him because I thought they needed to establish their running game. He didn't really have a great year, so I can't really say that that one played out. Um, you know, if he had a great year, they would have kept him on the roster. He's not even there now, right? Like, it, it is what it is. Um, so, Mace, with the Eagles, who do you got as your X Factor for this season? Um, I think it's got to be N'Kobe Dean on that defense. Um, they pretty much lost their entire linebacking core, so – I think that was I think that the intention for them was to always have Dean step in and be the um signal caller on defense. So um I think a lot of their defensive success is gonna be whether or not he has command of the defense for one, because um on the second level, there's really no there's no experience on the second level. So he's got to really step up and, and be the guy and be the playmaker for them. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. Um, but my pick is a little bit different. This is going to sound kind of wild, but for me, it is Jordan Davis. There's all this hype going into a guy who really, if you look at the numbers last year, wasn't really anything special. Even if you, even if we're, we're going outside of tackles and sacks, even if you break down his pressure numbers and win rates, really is not that impressive. It's not. But a lot of people are really, really hyped on him. So I think a lot of this comes down to Jordan Davis. And the reason I say this is because on that defense, I get the feeling they're going to be expecting Jalen Carter to give them some outside pass rush on those pass downs. On, on like those third downs, I get the feeling we're going to see Carter at an end, Davis and Cox in the middle, and Hassan Reddick on the other side, right? He has to give them some pressure on the inside. Fletcher Cox, he's still playing at a high level, but he's not the Fletcher Cox that we are used to, right? He's not that same guy. Jordan Davis has to step up because for as much as people don't want to talk about this, Mace, we talked when we were talking about the East last week, right? One of the biggest moves that happened was Hargraves moving on. And a lot of people don't understand how great Hargraves truly, truly was for them. So Jordan Davis has to step up and play at a much 
higher level than what he did this past season. He has to be able to consistently get them pressure, make stops in the run game, and just take up two blocks in the run game because that's one thing that Hargrave was great at. He would take on two guys and still play his position, not get moved off that spot, especially in the run game. So we will see what happens here. I, I know a lot of people are really, really pumped on him. I mean, clearly – Madden is pumped on him. Mace for a dude who didn't even have one sack last year. Somehow he's a superstar player. He played <laughs> not even not even half the team snaps last year. And somehow he's a superstar. But when Roquan was on my team playing at an all-pro level, he couldn't get a, a superstar to save his life. Can we see the NFC East bias now, Mace? Can you see it now? Can you see it? Yeah, that, that don't make no sense, man. Like I said, for a guy who really had no impact on that defense whatsoever. Um, but yeah, the hopefully like I said, I I predict that Fletcher Cox for for the Eagles defense to be good, Fletcher Cox cannot be expected to play a large role. Like he Whatever Fletcher Cox gives the Eagles is going to be has to be extra, has to be surplus. This this comes down to Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, because you don't draft any position pretty much that high and and have them give you kibbles and bits when you need a steak dinner. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So for me, hundred percent. Jordan Davis, he's got to be the one. All right, moving forward here. Mace, who you got for the Giants? Just to remind everybody, last year, Mace chose Saquon, which played out to be very, very, very correct. And for me, last year, it was Tony. Um, I was wrong. They still had a good season without Tony. But we've seen that Kadarius Tony actually still has talent because the Chiefs warned him. So, but Mace, who you got as your X-Factor player for this year? I mean, not to beat a dead horse, but it's Saquon still. <laughs> I mean, there's there's no other there's we it's gonna play out the same way. Saquon is the big he's that offense. He's the big play guy, he's the he's the tough yards, he's everything for that offense. I look, I there's a big part of me that agrees with you, but I had actually already picked somebody else, so I'm gonna stick with that person. I picked Darren Waller. Because if he's healthy and if he performs, that means that that passing game has taken a step forward. That means they now actually have a threat out there in the passing game where there was nobody last year. Okay. So will he have that great season? I don't believe in it because, like I said, uh, that dude barely be on the field. So we'll see what happens there. But moving forward here, we have got – one more team before we get to Mace's team, bro. His team, bro. I can't stand your team. You know that, right? I know you can't. Good. I'm just glad you understand that. All right. So, Mace, the Commanders. Last year, we – let me see here. Let me get it on my list, right? All right. Last year, you picked Montez Sweat, and this year – and I picked Antonio Gibson. I would have to say both of us was wrong <laughs> just because <laughs> I, I would say we were wrong just because the commander season was weird last year. 
and both of these guys played all right for them. So I don't think either I don't think either of them really determined whether this team was having a great season. I think we would have been better served to have probably picked uh what's his name? What was the backup quarterback's name? Uh Dude was playing better than Carson Wentz. Um geez, I can't think of his name. But we all know who we're talking about. He was better than Carson Wentz. So we I mean we think we would have been better served picking that. But Mace, who do you got as a commander's X Factor this year? Listen, man, I am tired of hearing about how good the Washington defensive line is. I need somebody on that defensive line to give me some Pro Bowl, all pro level uh, action out there. And um, Chase Young, I'm looking at you, boss, because they declined your fifth year option. They pretty much said that you ain't it. So go out, prove them boys wrong and go get your bag. I'm picking Chase Young. Hey, you, you beat me to it. <laughs> uh, there's been a lot of hype. Time to prove it, baby. You want to prove it, dear, right now. They didn't pick up that fifth-year option. Prove it time. Plain out and simple. Chase Young. Very, very easy. And now we'll move to the team that Mace loves so much. The Dallas Cowboys. Go, go first, bro. Do what you got to do. Last year, Mace picked Tony Pollard. I picked Dalton Schultz. I think Mace uh, has played out pretty good there. It played out pretty true. Mine was, meh. And Dalton Schultz didn't really matter last year for them. Um, so for me this year, this is very, very easy. It's Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard has to run for like 16, 1,700 yards. It's that simple. You cannot continue to ask Dak Prescott to go out here and try and win win these playoff games and not have a damn running game that's worth a damn. You can't do it. You can't. We've seen that it doesn't work. He needs a running game too. So, Tony Pollard, 100%. Mace, who is it for you? I'm going to the uh, other side of the ball, and I'm going uh, Damone Clark. Um, I think his – Especially what for what it what it's looking like is we're going to be missing um, we're going to be missing some safeties for it at the, for the beginning of the season. I'm pretty sure it's uh, Donovan Wilson and um, I think maybe our our one of our leading back. Oh yeah, and our one of our backups, uh, Israel. I don't want to ruin his name, bro. So I ain't gonna do you like that player, but. Um, Demon Clark, especially when it comes to our nickel packages, I think he's going to have to be excellent in coverage on tight ends. Um, he had in his limited play last year, he 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 played well, but um, that that second year jump, he's got to have it for uh, our defense to can to not have any liabilities on any level. F the Cowboys. That's all I'm saying. That's all I got. That's all I got. Got nothing else for your team. Got nothing else for it. Daryl, you care to chime in? You know, you you know, you a hater, so you go ahead and get it out your system. Go ahead and get it out. I know you want to. I like reality, and that's somewhere you're not in. So I do not argue with you about the Cowboys. 
I'm glad I'm the not the only one that realizes that Mace is a more delusional Cowboys fan than he actually wants to admit. Say what you want to. We up. He just he's just not the worst of the worst, but he's still the worst. <laughs> hey, hey, I got I got one hating thing right now. You know how many stars he has on? That's a Yelp review for the Cowboys. <laughs> actually, 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 one, two, three, four. I'll take four stars any day, player. Don't do me like that. Four stars for a bad team. That's what I'll I do. Listen. Have you ever went to a, a, four, a restaurant with four stars out of five on a Yelp and the food was good? Yes. Have you ever went to a four-star hotel and, and it was a good service? Yes. You walked yourself right into this buzzsaw, Daryl. Hey, Friday's got four stars. That means they're good. Who gives a Friday's four, four stars? Star. Who the hell gives a Friday? Look, I, I'm going to say something. And if y'all listening, don't be offended. But if Fridays is a place that you call good in your mind, I have no respect for your palate at all. Zero respect. None. Their food is terrible. Awful. Some of the worst. Grow up if you think that Fridays is good. Grow up. Go to a real restaurant. Yeah, I got, I got another one for you. Fridays probably has a better review than Salt Bay's restaurants. I ain't even dealing with I ain't uh -uh. worried about that man. <laughs> ain't worried about him at all. <laughs> we got more divisions to cover, bro. Yeah, I, just, I have not. I, I, just, I, just, I, just, my I had time to let him get it out because I know he was eating at his soul to be a to be a try. I knew he I knew I just had to let him get it out. I no. wasn't even gonna do it because guess what? We're gonna have to deal with seven at least 17 weeks of him hating on the damn eagles. So I was like, oh, might as well let him save it. We we know where this is going. It's going to be 17 weeks of him picking against the Eagles every week. <laughs> every week. <laughs> Absolutely. I ain't delusional about it. It's reality. I live it. Philly sucks. That's all I got to say. They can't even win the big one. They can win all these NFC championships, but can't win the actual real game. And they'll tell you, sir, I, I show you Nick Foles. But we got to get moving on to the, to the NFC North <laughs> here um, because, you know, that well, the AFC North and the NFC North, excuse me. So, yeah, let's get this train rolling. Mace, how do you see the Jets' season playing out? Um, I think that they will end up winning that division. Um, like I said, in, until Buffalo gets a run game, I, I, I want them to do well, man. I really do. But until they, until they can give you something in the run game outside of Josh Allen, I think they'll always be lacking in tough situations and playoff situations. So I have the Jets, and, Jets uh, winning that division. And I realize I just totally screwed that up. Told you the Jets yeah. were in the north. They're not in the north. They're the east. But you know, I was gonna I let know. you know. I meant to, it, no, I meant to actually bring up what I what I meant to say is just to just for notes here to complete the X Factor part of it. Last year, 
Mace picked Sauce Gardner as his X Factor for the Jets. I picked Garrett Wilson. I think both of us ended up playing out correctly there, especially Mace with that Sauce Gardner pick was dead on the money. So there is, there is that. But yeah, moving on to the AFC North here. Now, the AFC North is traditionally one of the more smash mouth divisions, right? Um, we know we have two quarterbacks, at least in that division right now, that are legitimate MVP contenders in Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson. Um, so, Mace, might as well start with the team that won the division the last two years, Cincinnati Bengals. How do you see their season going? Um, so, right now, it looks like Joe Burrow may miss maybe the first two or so weeks of the se- of the regular season. Um, hopefully, the calf strain isn't as bad as it looked, and he can come back before then. But um, – I really think this this is another one that comes down to um, what can Joe Mixon give them? Like, can he have a bounce back season? Because I think they are really um, that'll really unlock that defense because or unlock that offense. Excuse me, because um, Joe's still running for his life back there. He just making plays. So you don't think that signing Orlando Brown is going to help that? Maybe so, but it 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 just really feels like to me that like as a whole their offensive line does not play well. Like it 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 doesn't it I can't look at one person and be like you change him out for somebody else and it's fixed because at any given time the pressure came from anywhere. It, it was almost as if you needed to double team multiple players on a, other team's D line for them to have a shot, but you can't just throw three people out in 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 route and expect good things in the passing game consistently. So I think that helps, but at the same time, maybe it's a it's a coaching and scheme thing more than a player personnel thing because. That offensive line doesn't have any confidence that they can get it done one-on-one. Yeah, I, I see this being a little bit of a rough season. I think this is this the season they regress back a little bit. And it's not going to be necessarily that they got so much worse. I think Baltimore is going to be better. Um, spoiler alert, I'm picking Baltimore to win the division. <laughs> um, but I think you are correct. One person doesn't necessarily fix that offensive line. My issue isn't even necessarily with their personnel. It's more with their coach. And I, we've talked about this before, Mace. Even when the Bengals were in the Super Bowl, we were both like, hey, they're in the Super Bowl despite Zach Taylor. Okay? I don't think he has done them any favors because at the end of the day, their offense still breaks down to a lot of Jamar down there somewhere, T down there somewhere. That's what a lot of their offense breaks down to. And I can't necessarily give him credit for that. You know, I can't say – He's scheming that up. It's like, nah, nah, bro. Uh uh-uh. uh. That's that is, it is three supreme talents making it happen despite of. Yes. So I would, I think they have a step back this year. Um, if Joe Burrow is not ready by the regular season, that's going to cost them some games. I think he will be right. So he's going to be off for, let's see, between now and the start of the regular season is roughly about a month, right? He's got plenty of time to come back. They're going to be doing therapy on that probably five days a week at least, you know. So I, I think he'll be back. But if he does miss games, that's going to cost them early in the year. 
because their schedule early in the year is not very friendly. So they're going to have to, you know, try and rally from that. But moving forward here to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers, they seem all in on Kenny Pickett at this point, Mace. They seem like they, they saw some things from him over the course of last year, which if you actually break down the film a little bit and watch his film, you, you could understand that, right? But still think they're lacking at the skill positions here. Uh, that de- We know what that defense is going to be. A Mike Tomlin defense is never going to be crap, right? That, like, we know defense going to ball. They got TJ. They got, F- they got Fitzpatrick. They going to ball. Oh, and Cam Hayward, too. We can't, can't forget Cam. That man's balling, too. Can't ever disrespect and forget Cam. But my question for you is, how do you see this season playing out for them? We know what the defense is. What, do you, what is going to happen on this offense now? Do you think they take a step forward? I do. I think – I honestly think um, that they have a chance to challenge for um, winning their division. Like um, just, just like I said, those those AFC North games between each other are always tough. Like that, you can't sit here and have a clear cut. This team is always going to win in this matchup, vice versa. Um, Mike Tomlin has proven himself as 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 he gets it done man he he get his guys are ready to run through a brick wall for him and i think that he can um i say i think this offense will take a step forward i expect um george pickens to take a step forward um he's a great 50 50 ball guy but honestly um the the mentality of a of a George Pickens is is more important to me in this um the mentality of George Pickens sorry man I, you know p- other people on the screen is is being a little ornery right now so you know i think his mentality is just what that team needs um so so yeah, man, just just that that from that toughness aspect, I definitely expect the Steelers to be more competitive down the stretch. I do expect them to pull some wins out that they may have lost last season. So I, I expect them to be right up there with the in, in the division title talks come week 14, 15, 16, later on in the season. I don't expect them to be out of it whatsoever. So I'm right with you there. I actually think that um, Pickett and Pickens is going to take a step forward this year. Offense is going to be better. I think this team wins nine or ten games and is competing for the playoffs. Uh, Like we said, that defense, you know what it is. And early in the year last year, they lost some games arguably because they were playing Mitchell Trubisky. They really did. Their defense kept them in some games that he just could not win from them. Plain out and simple. Um, So I think this team takes a major step forward. 10, like I said, nine or 10 wins this year, easily out of this team. Um, but got to keep it moving here. Mace, Cleveland Browns, terrible season last year. Um, even after this, the, the Sean Watson move, right? We saw everything played out really, really badly for them. How do you see this pleasing this season come out for them? Oh, goodness. I can't even tongue tie myself here. Oh, man. It's, man, that team is. The Browns are just the Browns, man. Um, they got, they've got talent everywhere you need talent 
to be a good football team. They've gotten they've gotten supreme talent on the offensive line. They've got they got receiver, they've got a receiver in Amari Cooper who can give you 12, 1300 and and double digit touchdowns. I mean, you you've heard me all year last year. You've already heard me singing Nick Chubb's praise. Um best running back in football. Um defense, I mean, you can't discredit Denzel Ward and, and Greg Newsom. They finally got um Miles Garrett, a pass rushing um partner in Zedarius Smith. He's legit no matter how you look at it. It's 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 crazy, man, but I can't I cannot expect the Browns to do anything right. I just can't expect them. Something's gonna happen. It has to. I can see I can see like a six, seven win season for the Browns. It is amazing how when we started the sports ball mace, we thought, man, the Browns might not finally be the Browns. And in the time we've been doing it, they've went to, oh Lord, they turned back into the Browns to, oh yeah, they for sure the Browns again. <laughs> like, and I feel sorry for Miles Garrett. I feel sorry for Amari Cooper, Denzel Ward, uh uh Newsom, uh all them. I feel sorry for all y'all boys because your career is being wasted. In Cleveland, and I think the offense may look a little bit better, but I don't think, see their results being that much different. I think their record, like May said, they're probably around a six or seven win team this year. Um, I don't believe in Uncle Creepy coming back to form. I always had reservations about, hey, this dude's been off for over a year. You know, like that's that's hard to come back from. We'll see if he gets back to form. I think he plays better than he did last year, but I just don't think that he gets back to that form where we were considering him as being one of the top 10 quarterbacks in the league, right? I, I just don't see that. I think he's going to be closer to the Kirk Cousins line than he is being a, a top-end guy like a Mahomes, Jackson, Burrow, Allen. You know, I think he'll be much closer to Kirk Cousins in that, in that discussion. So got to keep it moving here, though, and get to the last team here. And that is the Baltimore Ravens. Mace, we've seen all the moves that they made in this offseason. How do you see this season going for them? This is their division to lose, um, hands down. Um, they are one of the more complete teams in football right now. Um, they, I don't see, I really don't see any holes in that team. You can't point to one position group or one position where they, they need a significant upgrade to to do well. So yeah, man. Um, we could potentially see another Lamar Jackson MVP season. Um, um I'm here for it. Like I said I, I think like they are the clear cut in that division, and it's really just that simple man i think lamar is is ready for revenge like me and mace have told you guys for years get this man in where he has two wide receivers and still has that tight end to throw to it's over it's over I, lamar is about to play at an mvp level again this year and he finally has an offensive coordinator that from all reports seems to understand hey wait Wait a minute. 
if I just scheme up some good pass plays too, we'd be unstoppable. <laughs> you know, if I start running the same route concepts out of the same exact formations every week, maybe we can ball out. So I think they take a remarkable step in forward here. I think we're going to be hearing a lot of Lamar Jackson for MVP talk this year after a lot of people was trying to on his name last year. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of that. Baltimore is going to sound wild. I think they win 13, 14 games this year, Mason. I really see that happening. Like I said, there's barring injury. I don't see, I really don't see any holes in that defense. And two, two other things. One, I understand they lost Marcus Peters. He's a great man corner. So there's going to be some questions about, about that, but I think they generally do a good job drafting guys. So they'll be, I think they'll be okay there. Right. But number two, there is no damn way their secondary and their defense and stuff can be as hurt as it's been in the past. Two, exactly. Two bro. Like there's, there's just like the probability of that is crazy, bro. Crazy. If it happens again, then for sure, 100%, the reports that have came out where other players that have left that team have said that training staff sucks, that proves it. Because if it happens again this year, they're doing something wrong. I mean, like I said, it's just that at simple. one point last year, they had a fourth and fifth string cornerback out there. Like, guy, they had special teamers as their starting cornerbacks. They had a bunch of who that is and stealing the leagues all day. So I think this uh, this roster most definitely gets better. But got to get going to the AFC North, so we might as well start with the team that won the division last year, and that was the Minnesota Vikings, Mason, and our Mendoza line of quarterback play, Kirk Cousins. Then Mason's new – one of his new favorite quarterbacks since he didn't watch the quarterback show now. Let's see if he sticks to his word. Mace, how do you feel the Vikings season goes this year? Like I said, bro, I I will no longer speak ill of Kurt, the nicest guy in the NFL, Cousins. I refuse to do it. Um, in my heart of hearts, Kurt is a saint. Kurt is a saint. He has a beautiful family, and I wish him all the best. And I mean that. Can't never but, trust a Cowboys fan. You can't trust wait, him. But wait, wait, but what? But he's still Kirk Cousins, bro. You, you feel me, man? Uh, uh, for whatever reason, they're just not getting it done when they need to get it done. For whatever reason, Mace. For whatever reason, uh, did nobody did nobody tell his coach to scheme up a play to have a route running four yards um, below the first down marker on a fourth fourth and and ten when you needed it? Did nobody tell him to have somebody run a drag? If it just throw it up to JJ, man, just he down there somewhere. Yep, absolutely. Um, I agree with you though, Mace. Kirk Cousins seems like a very, very nice guy. Can't can't speak ill on him in that way. But as far as being the quarterback, 
That's the Mendoza line right there, baby. All right. And let me tell you something. Last year, they had a rabbit's foot shoved firmly up their butt because they was pulling out some miracle wins last year. Okay. Mace, do you remember that damn Colts game? We were literally on the headset talking about it like, hey, man, you remember. And I, I still remember this. We were both at the point where it was like, if they don't score a touchdown on this drive, this game is getting turned off. Right, and then when they, they scored a touchdown, we was like, "Oh, now we gotta sit here and watch this some more and see what happens." Right, and we got to be treated to one of the greatest comebacks ever. Almost the same thing with when they were playing the Bills. Right, we were told, oh, "Man, this game is basically over unless they beat." And then all of a sudden, the game went crazy. Look, man, historically, that sh- does not break right for you two seasons in a row. Exactly, okay? <laughs> it just doesn't. So, I don't see how they end up winning this division again. I, nah. And I don't think it's going to be their offense's fault. Their defense is not good enough. Their defense doesn't get stops consistently, right? I I mean, we were just talking about it. There was multiple games last year where because the defense got no stops, they were coming from behind having to fight for their lives and try and get a miracle win at the end, right? So I have no faith in that defense. I think the offense is probably going to produce at a similar rate. I mean, look, for all my faults to Kirk Cousins, he still knows how to – be more efficient than a lot of guys. He still knows how to make, you know, better reads than a lot of guys. So he's going to still give you a certain level of production. And you got JJ, the best wide receiver in, in football out there right now. And we know you, you sometimes you just got to throw it down at a JJ. You just got to say, hey, look, man, he down there somewhere, bro. He down there somewhere. And if Kurt can have a little bit more of that this year, I think that would help them. But I still think that their defense is just going to let them down. I actually do think their offense is going to take a a, a step back just just off the simple fact that there's no more threat of a Dalvin Cook. Um, Say what you want to. um, He was more than just a running back for them. He can make plays in the passing game. Um, He, like I said, he was another one of those guys who's just a game breaker with the ball in his hands. I think that will have a major effect on the um, offensive output. I, I expect him to still be good, like you said. JJ's still there. TJ Hawkinson is still a really good tight end. Um, I expect Jordan Addison to um, do his thing out of the slot. I, I, I think he can keep pace with the other rookie receivers drafted in the first round this year. So um, passing game-wise, I expect their offense to be similar, but I do think as a whole that offense is going to take a step back because there's no longer a threat out of the backfield. And there's, I mean, who who's going to take advantage of those linebacker matchups now? Which is which you see a lot of teams in the passing game. That's a lot of times that's where they attack. They attack the linebackers in those those short to intermediate routes, or one in one on one coverage. They're attacking linebackers, and can their running backs step up and start winning those matchups? Yeah, I, I I can understand that. Um, yeah, I mean, Devin Cook was averaging, it says, 6'6 six, six in 2021 and 7'6 six a reception. So, absolutely, Mace is right. He was a big chain mover for them. He was a big guy that, you know, took advantage of those underneath routes and that. Maybe, maybe I should say it this way. I don't think their running game will be as effective and the running back passing game, but I think – Kirk Cousins, J.J. Hawkinson are still going to be 
super effective in mm-hmm. their offense, especially with Hawkinson. I think that was one move that was kind of sneaky last year that a lot of people didn't necessarily pay a lot of attention to, but ended up being a very, very great move for that team because now they can play um, Ishmith Jr. and they can play uh, Hawkinson. And they can have two tight end formations, Mason. They can go power on a lot of these teams mm-hmm. now, right? So we will see what happens here. Hopefully, um, you know, we just get to see JJ keep balling out, right? Because, I mean, I think this – I can speak for both of us, and this is one of our favorite guys in the NFL to watch is J.J., for sure. Um, so moving forward here, got to get to the team that finished second place, and they are ITC's resident team that we be rooting for, the Detroit Man Campbells, a.k.a. the Detroit Lions, baby. Mace, how you see the season going after them finishing off with a spectacular victory in Lambeau Field last year? Um, I think they're going to be – hurt for by the um suspension of Jameson Williams at the beginning of the season um I could see that offense going a little anemic in those games it they'll they they might play tough and play close but relying solely on Amon Ross St. Brown um like I said we don't know what we're going to get out of Jamari Gibbs well, all the, all the reports out of a lot of their camps is that he's been lining up a lot at receiver. So that should tell you where they are in the receiving room right now. That should give you a lot of, they really don't feel like they got playmakers outside of him. And, you know, you just can't run one receiver out there and expect good things. So, yeah, I mean, until that Jameson Williams, um, until he comes back from suspension, I, I like I said, I see, I see that offense being fairly anemic. Like, they'll be tough. Man Campbell has uh, given them some toughness. Like, they, you're not just going to roll over the Detroit Lions anymore. So, I see them losing some very close games. But, like Playoffs I said, I see no. them losing. Hmm? Playoffs or no? No. Fair enough, fair enough. I'm right in line with you here, Mace. My issue comes exactly with what you were talking about with that wide receiving court. Outside of I'm in Rod St. Brown, this is who you're looking to count on. And we're mind you, we're keeping Jameson Williams out of this because he's suspended, right? But after I'm in Ra, Marvin Jones Jr., who's historically consistently hurt, Josh Reynolds, Khalif Raymond, Denzel Mims, Trey Quinn, Maurice Alexander, Trinity Benson. Um, Denzel Mims is fighting for a roster spot because he couldn't he couldn't get any he couldn't get any play in in New York. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? They they're they're in a situation that's kind of similar to the Giants as far as their receiving threats go. You got one guy that can be good for you, and if he's good for you, which Amon Ra will be, you know, good for them again. He's been more healthy than Waller, right? But if that guy's good for you, he's going to give you production. But the other dudes, you don't know what the hell you're going to get from any of those guys. You don't know. Hell, Jameson Williams, as much as we all like the the potential of him, don't none of us know what he actually is as an NFL wide receiver at this point. Nobody does. Because even in the games he played last year, it wasn't like he tore the roof off the building. You know what I mean? It wasn't like he did that. So we will see what happens. Um, I think that man, that Jameson move is going to hurt them so badly early in the season, and that's going to put them behind the eight ball again. And I just don't see there another team last year that was 
firmly wrap it up their butt, pulling some games out of their butt, you know. Um, and normally, it does, like I said, normally it just doesn't go like that two seasons in a row. So we'll we will see what happens. But ITC here, we will still be rooting on the Detroit man Campbell's baby. Still got the blackest coach staff in the league. And we got they got a head coach where I mean he just make you want to run through a wall, baby. When he gets to talking, you be like, damn. First day of training camp, my boy was out there doing up downs with the team. (laughs) It's like this this is the dude that's legitimately like, you know what? I'll go fight that tiger for you, man. Campbell, what's up? And then Dan would be like, hold on, player. We fighting together. We do this as a unit, son. (laughs) Absolutely. Hey, I will run through that wall. You can come too, but I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then moving forward here, we've got the Green Bay Packers, who everybody knows what went on with them this offseason. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is out of there. This is the start of another new quarterback. Their defense wasn't as good last year. Their offense wasn't as good as historically. Mace, how do you see the season playing out uh, with Jordan Love as his first year as a starting um, quarterback? I think they, they're going to have to rely on that defense, man. Uh, Rashawn Gary is going to have to continue to be excellent. Uh, Kenny Clark is going to have to reclaim his spot as, as one of the top defensive tackles. Um, they're going to have to rely on that defense to keep keep them in games because I, do, I think there's going to be some growing pains with Jordan Love as a starter, especially early on in the season. Um, they may figure it out. Like I said, um, Christian Watson came on a little bit later as a receiver in the season. So I think they got something there. Um, they've got some guys who need to step up and perform better, obviously, in that receiver room. But I think they have some guys that could. Um, they might be. Re- we might see some out of Green Bay we haven't seen in a while. They're going to be relying on A.J. Dillon and uh, Aaron Jones. So hopefully that offensive line can stay healthy. If not, it's going to be a long season for Jordan Love, and he's going to be hating his life. But, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I see them struggling, especially early. So I'm prefacing what I'm saying carefully because I know some people will be like, oh, you're just hating on the Packers. No, this is really how I see it. I think Dobbs, Watson, supremely talented at the wide receiver position. I think they're only going to get better as the years go on, right? especially Watson. I think Watson showed us as the year went on that he has that that ability to break a game open with one play, and that is a super value in the NFL. I mean, even if you only end up having Deshaun Jackson's career, that's a damn great career to have as a wide receiver. You know, So that means you were impactful consistently throughout your career. So I think they're going to get better there. Offensive line, another year older. I think Aaron Rodgers helped them out a lot. Um I think it's very, very underrated what he was doing and being able to get rid of the ball quickly and consistently be making the the right reads on things and keeping plays alive for them, right? I think it's very underrated what he was doing there. That offensive line is going to have some problems because no matter how prepared Jordan Love is, he hasn't been in enough live fire action over the past, what, three years now since they drafted him? to make me believe that he's going to be great. I think this, it, at best, they find out that they have a franchise quarterback in him like they did with Aaron Rodgers and his first year as a starter where they, I think they only ended up winning like five games that year or something like that. It's something like that. But how I really think it's going to go, Green Bay is about to be back in the quarterback market in this next offseason. 
look, man, when I saw Jordan Love in college, I wasn't I wasn't impressed. What I've seen of him so far in the little bits that he did play in the NFL, not impressed at all. Right. Go look at his numbers. You're not going to be impressed either. Now, all that being said, Green Bay's done everything they can to give him a chance to succeed. They took the old school approach. They let him sit for years. He's been under the same coach, learning the same scheme for years. It's up to him to succeed. I just don't think he's that guy. I think their defense steps forward and doesn't play badly like they did last year, especially like early in the year. The defense was crap, right? Um, I think they play better as the year goes on. Probably at max like a nine-win season. And that's if Jordan Love plays good, right? That's if he's like, oh, okay, we got us another franchise. If he's just average, if he's like closer to Kirk Cousins, whew, it's going to be a long season. Y'all might be seeing six wins, legitimately. But moving forward here, we've got the team that I love the most coming up next. And I think we'll start with Mace because, uh, yeah, we already know what it is when I'm going to talk about the Bears. So, Mace, how do you see the Bears season going this year? Um, I think they have a legit chance to win this division this year. Um. Like I said, everything else that the other teams have done this offseason has not improved them in the way that the Bears have improved their team. Um, sure, the sure you could talk about the losing streak the Bears went on and all that stuff, but you can also look at what they were up against, the injuries they were up against, um, what kind of talent they had on the team. Um where they've where in the specific positions they've they've improved and how that's going to overall help that team. So um this could very well be one of those it comes down to the last week of the season to figure out who wins that division and there's no reason why it can't be the Bears. So this is an easy one for me. I think the Bears are going to win the division. In watching that team last year, this is I know the rec people, some people are going to be like, man, the record was so bad. They had the number one pick. But if you watch the Bears last year, the thing that gave you the most hope was that you were competitive in basically every game you played last year. There was not one game outside of um, the game against Minnesota at the, like, the end of the year that you didn't feel competitive in. And most of the time why you ended up losing those games was, hey, Macy, we can talk about it when the Bears played the Cowboys, right? Our defense couldn't stop a nosebleed, bro. Y'all was doing whatever the hell you wanted the whole game on us. That defense is going to be markedly improved. I know they're, they're counting on some young guys, but last year they had a whole bunch of guys who you didn't even know if they should be on an NFL roster out there playing. Outside of the secondary, just, just consider this, people. Outside of the secondary last year, there's only one guy who's back, and he's probably for sure a starter, and that's Justin Jones because he started to play good at the defensive tackle position for us where he's good enough to at least be a starter. I'm not even saying he's a game-breaker, a starter. You're replacing all those guys with better players. You know, So we'll, we'll see what ends up happening here. As far as the defense goes, I think the defense is, is the key for this team because the offense, we already know they're going to be better. Look, 
That offense was able to produce things last year, only having Mooney as their only real passing threat for most of the year, and then bringing in Claypool late, where it took him with the combination of the injuries and trying to learn a new playbook. He really wasn't effective for us last year, right? And then Paul Komet was only the pass catcher. And he's not a game breaker, right? Like he's a, he's a, he, Cole Komet is a red zone and move the chains guy for you, right? He's a dude that in those areas, he's going to kill the other team. Now you have a certified number one wide receiver in Darner and, uh, excuse me, DJ Moore to go out there and pull coverage. That allows now Mooney, who has already proven that, hey, even when he was the guy that had the coverage pulled to him, he was still able to produce. And now that'll allow him, Claypool, and Komet all to have more open space out there. I think that allows Fields, who with the offensive line, hopefully not being as hurt as it was last year. This is another situation that's kind of like the with the Ravens sec- secondary, where it's like, man, the, the injury luck was just terrible for this unit last year. They can't it, – it's like almost impossible for them to have that again, right? They've also brought in a, improvement there. Braxton Jones – he showed that he could play a solid left tackle. I think he only continues to improve, right? You got great value out of a fifth-round pick there. You're moving uh, Jenkins now, Tevin Jenkins, who a lot of people saw as like a top-five guard last year, moving him to the left side. So now you know you got your left side good. You're moving Cody Whitehair back to center, where he's already proven he can be a Pro Bowl player at that position. And not like a Pro Bowl alternate, like, oh, yeah, you know, six niggas decided to not go, and so now Cody Whitehair get to go. Like, nah, Cody Whitehair was the number one choice. Move him back to center. You brought in Nate Davis at guard. You drafted Darnell right at right tackle. You're leaning to try and build something more like the Eagles than anything else, and I think this roster has the constitution to give you production like what the Eagles offense did last year which is we're going to be able to grind you out and bop you over the head with our wide receivers and our guys in this pass game. So I'm saying it right now. Justin Fields will be an MVP talk for this season, and the Bears is winning that damn division. Bears winning 11 games this year. I'm going to say it right now. 11 games. For for everybody that didn't watch them last year, and, and Mace can tell you, our offense has something there. And now that we've added more weapons and more protection for the quarterback, it's like, ooh, ooh, y'all might got something. So I think this ends up being a great season for the Bears. Defensively, like I said, though, that's the only question just because you're you're depending on a lot of young guys. You're depending on Pickens and and um, I forget his name to be good at the defensive tackle positions. You're expecting Dominique Robinson on the edge to hopefully take a step forward. You're expecting – you're hoping that um, – Travis Gibson takes a step forward, or both of them dudes might end up being replaced before the season even starts. Because the Bears, I, think we, I mean, I, I think we we both acknowledge that um, repairing that defense was going to be more than a, a single year project. Like it, it was not going to be something that happened overnight. Like I said, it's obviously easier to create a good offense than it is a good defense. Yep, it could be, be like I said, like. For instance, one receiver can change the trajectory of your entire receiving room if you have guys who are solid at what you ask them to do. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think, and I think that's the thing. Now that you've gotten to allow these guys all, you got Fields and Mooney and Komet, right? And and Jones and a lot of and some of those guys, right? The second year in the same offense with the same basically the same group of guys, right? 
you should see much more improvement here. I, and I think a lot of people, like one of our friends, they, uh, Smoke, always trying to talk that about running quarterbacks, like he tried to do about my quarterback. I think he's going to learn very, very quickly. Oh, wait, this dude can pass the ball, too. Just like he's going to see it, just like he should have seen it already with Lamar, but he just refuses to admit that, right? We, we know what that is. He's just a hater. But the Bears should have a great season, nonetheless. And my man Fields about to be Bowling. Thanks. Tell the people where to find you. You know, man, Twitter, funky, or actually it's X now. <laughs> I don't is it is it X now? I don't call it it's Twitter. We all know it. It's Twitter. Funky Twitter. underscore. How you gonna be stuff? called X when when I hit the button and it still says tweet? Now you Twitter. But bro, the icon on my phone is an X now. It's a black so X. So what? So what? They still call Twitter. Okay, anyway, anyways, go to Twitter slash X, whatever, funky underscore stuff 09. Hit your boy up, twitch.tv slash swaggy mace. Um, currently streaming, got some new content on for honor, so I'm kind of hyped about that. I'm ready to go, Mr. Loki Low Janitor. Tell the people where to find you YouTube and Twitch, Loki Low Janitor. Jay Spanner Man everywhere on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, threads, Instagram, all that good stuff. Make sure you follow me on my Instagram and on my threads. I'm, I'm trying to build up my collection of uh, foods that I'm smoking. Uh, I'm about to put up some more today. So make sure you follow me there. And uh, make sure you hit that notification bell so you're notified by everything every time that we're dropped. Make sure you hit subscribe. Share us. Don't forget it. Shout outs to the Muscle Mommies. And this is another episode of your favorite weekly sports show. And that is, ladies and gentlemen, ITC Sports Ball. Ball. Low Elo Janitor. Yeah. <laughs>